I'm Becky Lloyd-Pack. And I'm Becky Stanton. And this is the Doing Business Differently podcast. So this week we've been chatting to our pod member, Hannah Holt, all around self-acceptance and self-love. And my gosh, it's an episode, isn't it, Becky? Absolutely. We covered some ground on this episode. And it started out around just connecting to what is self-acceptance, what is self-love from Hannah's perspective. And it turned into this really expansive conversation about body image and this sense of self and all the things and the coping mechanisms that we do based on how we feel and how we've been conditioned to feel about our bodies and our physical as well as like inner sense of self. Yeah, and I think what's great about this episode is that it covers kind of not only the more conceptual conversation, if you like, around the topics of it, where's it come from, how do society, how does society project these problems onto us? So we have that kind of depth of discussion, but at the same time, there's also a bunch of practical advice and tips about if you are in a place where you don't necessarily feel like you really accept yourself are in love with yourself you have a tricky relationship with certain aspects of who you are whether that is the way that you feel about your personality or how you you know bend to other people through to actually your body body image and how you see yourself it's covered within it so I think there's something for everybody in this episode but especially for those of you that do struggle with appearance physical appearance weight aging all of those potentially sticky topics that we often don't have conversations around, we went there. So I think it was just a brilliant, very diverse episode in that sense. And a therapy session for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's also, we share our personal experiences too, so. Yeah, and Hannah beautifully guided us through where to start because it is such a big topic as well. And I think what she does is really breaks it down to just what to do next. So yeah, can't wait for you to hear this episode. So I'm so excited to welcome you to the podcast, Hannah. Now, before we get into anything else, I would love it if you could introduce yourself to our listeners. Oh, thanks, Becky. It's wonderful to be here. Um, my name is Hannah Holt. I'm a self-acceptance coach. So I work with women in particular, helping them to just accept who they are, trust that they're enough so they can overcome these sort of heavy feelings of self-doubt that often show up in every single area of our life. Uh, so I support them in boosting their confidence and helping them sort of live their life with a sense of ease and freedom. Beautiful. Love it. And a very important thing that I think loads of us have work to do uh, in that area and just before we actually hit record we were talking about um, being part of the pod community which obviously you are and saying one of the best things about it is the fact that we get to hear each other's stories and connect and feel a lot less alone and I think particularly with the topics of like self-acceptance the way that we see ourselves the way that we feel about ourselves often that can be such like a isolated experience and I think there can be a lot of almost shameful thoughts that we have and the way we treat ourselves that we don't often express to others and actually being able to be like look I feel this way this is these are normal thoughts for people to have I think is going to be like that's why I think I'm really looking forward to this conversation so that we can maybe start to normalize some of the things that people go through and hopefully make those listening feel a little less alone in their problems, in the way that they're feeling about this. So I'm I'm super excited to dive into it. And I guess I'm going to ask you a really big question first, Hannah. Um, so no pressure. But what does like self-acceptance, what does that actually mean to you? I think it is just this sense of trust, this sense of that I'm enough um, to be able to really be vulnerable and be so confident that this is me and that's enough. So it's, it's this kind of like, just almost just getting out of your own way and, and having this this sense of, I know who I am. I like who I am. I like what I do. I like my mistakes and I like how I do it. And I don't want to be anyone else but me. And I think it's just, you know, because we're so often comparing ourselves to others and 
wishing that we could be a slightly smaller size or look differently in the mirror or speak a different way and we and when we we by doing that we're, we're losing touch of who we truly are and and when we can sort of come back home and just be like this is me and I'm fucking enough um it's just that yeah just that real sense of contentment and freedom I think that I sort of personally love about it and I'm you know I'm still working on it myself and I have to sort of you know come back home to it but it's yeah that that sort of sense of pure acceptance so I think it's just really freeing and it's such a like like Becky said like such a big topic isn't it because what you're talking about is self-acceptance for who we are like on the inside as well as who we are on the outside which is both forever changing as well right forever growing and evolving and um, so I'd love to hear your story on like your journey with the self-acceptance because you said you were working on it too and I think we all do as humans, right? Where, what got you to this point where you're so passionate about it? I think, you know, I've I've battled with body image my entire life. You know, I grew up in a really sort of misogynistic, um, ego, masculine, you know, my dad was obsessed about what women looked like in particular. And from a very young age, my dad made it very clear that that I was overweight, that I was chunky. My nickname was Thunder Thighs. And I sort of grew up feeling that I needed to change in order to be accepted by him. And that then cultivated this belief of not being good enough, which then showed up in the men I attracted into my life and that endorsed my belief. And I sort of went into my it started to show up in my work the last job I had in corporate um, I was working for this guy that I I knew that he didn't quite feel that I was good enough for the role I punched a little bit above my weight to get the job in the first place so I I burnt out because I didn't believe I was good enough to be there I was constantly seeking his approval constantly trying to make him proud and I did that my entire life with my dad until one day and it took me to get to rock bottom. And that's kind of another reason why I wanted to become a coach, because I didn't want anyone else to go through all of the years of not believing in myself that I did. Um, so I hit rock bottom. I was burnt out and I went on this. I just decided I, enough was enough. I just didn't want to be continue being such a big bully to myself. Took myself off on this yoga goddess retreat, started to just... The whole intention of the retreat was self-love. And for me, self-love was still quite far away. Um, but, you know, that's where I found meditation and gratitude and this sense of like just losing ourselves in yoga. And, you know, I came back and slowly um, I quit corporate, did my yoga teacher training um, and managed to score a job working for a, a wellness startup. And, and, and within that environment, I started to share all of these little habits and all of my little rituals that I was using to continue to to support myself and and everyone would look at me like I was the the Dalai Lama with what I was just telling them just these small little simple tips and I just loved it so much and how I was helping people um that I then sort of did my moved into sort of being a coach and doing my um my coaching qualification with Jay Shetty which was another sort of liberating you know really amazing experience so um, yeah, that's kind of like a condensed why I do what I do, I think. That's so interesting, Hannah. Like, I didn't realise as well that you also have the yoga training. Yeah, I just had such an amazing experience within, yeah, at that yoga retreat. You know, we were in Ibiza and I just, I arrived as this just shadow broken. I cried so much in the first few days and I left like this, this, it's like so much had lifted from me that um, I, you know, I got back and some of my friends were like, what's happened to you? Like it was this sense of oh, around me. Um, and I, you know, I've always loved yoga. My mum got me into yoga when I was 18. We did like the, um, I can't remember the name of the instructor now, but yeah, yoga videos at home. Um, then I went all crazy with it and did Bikram and, you know, but yeah, always loved yoga, always loved like, that sense of sort of freedom, letting go and like, you know, that mindful movement as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the beautiful things about actually your work as well, is that you have got so many different 
tools and modalities and things that you bring to it all centered around this kind of idea of self-acceptance. So it's not just like self-acceptance is just doing this one thing. And it's something you actually mentioned um, that I want to pick up on, which is around like, it's the small daily habits. It's the small kind of rituals. It's those kind of things that you can do to support yourself regularly on this journey. And of course, we can have experiences like the retreat that you've just explained, which can be massive. And, you know, maybe sometimes we need those things to almost kickstart it. But I think there's something in there about being able to continuously support yourself. So I'd be interested to know if you've got certain things that you do as you continue your own journey of self-acceptance to, yeah, just support yourself on that daily basis that maybe people at home listening could try as well yeah I mean 100% I you know I often talk to the women that I work with of this you know I think there's this whole perception that we've got to meditate for half an hour or we've got to go to the gym for an hour or you know we've got to do all of these things and if we don't have enough time because time is the biggest barrier right that's what so many people come to with I don't have time to meditate um but ultimately, you can just do this in a couple of minutes, you know, just taking a few deep breaths, hand on your heart. I'm safe. I'm loved. I'm, you know, I'm I'm OK. Like even just those simple words, I often just put my hand on my heart and just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then as soon as you start to say thank you, you start to think about, oh, actually, I'm I'm thank you. I'm thankful I woke up this morning. I'm thankful for my morning coffee. I'm thankful for, you know, being here with you lovely ladies. So the the simplicity of just gratitude has helped me so much. You know, even before when I was in my rock bottom, I would often say to myself, I will be happy when. I'll be happy when I meet someone. I'll be happy when I get a job. I'll be happy when I get married because of all these, you know, things that we think that we need in order to be accepted or feel like we've made it and that I'll be happy when you know you're pushing it further and further away so if you can come back to this sense of I might be really really struggling right now but I'm here I woke up this morning I've got a roof over my head I've got running water from my taps you know and connecting to that gratitude because the more we ask our mind to focus on what we do have rather than what we lack we start to notice more of it. So, you know, we have way more control over our mind than we really give it credit for. So the, you know, just the hand on heart, few deep breaths, I'm grateful for whether you say it in your head or whether you journal. Journaling has been a big thing for me as well. But a lot of these things you can do in less than five minutes. Um, so, yeah, I've just gratitude, meditation, journaling, breathing. And then some movement as well, you know, just even if you don't have time to do a workout, just get outside for even just five minutes, breathe some fresh air, go and touch a tree, you know, like there's so much calming benefits from nature that, again, like some of us don't realise that a walk in the park and looking at a tree is going to help lower our stress levels. And they're all free, right? Yeah. They're all accessible. Well, most are accessible depending on your capabilities, but... Yeah, really beautiful. And I feel like my my personal journey with self-love and self-acceptance mirrors yours a lot. And I also had like a similar rock bottom of, and mine kind of manifested in, I was masking a lot. I was trying to fit in. I was almost like, there was one point where I thought, I've got so many different personalities. <laughs> like I'm a different person with different people. Like I lost myself completely and I didn't know who I was anymore. And it, it almost manifested in, I had to do these external things in order to fit in and to find my place. And it's, you're still on that journey now, right? <laughs> Coming back into authenticity. I feel like that is the purpose of life, right? To be more us and like deepen back into more of us and share that externally. But what would you, if I, if I was like a client, like if someone else is feeling the way that I had been feeling, you know, conditioned to just not have a sense of true self and what would you, what would you recommend? Like what would be the path that you'd direct me on? I think it would just be like reminding you of, you know, all of the value that you do bring, all of your strengths, you know, taking yourself back to a time where you felt really, really confident. What were you doing? And it maybe it's not even something at work, but it could be, I feel really myself when I'm 
with my friends. Okay, well, why is that? Is it because how do you feel when you're with them? You feel safe, you feel supported, you feel like I can be me. So how can you bring some of that sense of ease and support into maybe a work environment when you don't feel as confident? So I think it's just reminding you of where do you feel that sense of joy and freedom? Where do you feel at home? And then looking at how you can bring that into an, an environment that you might be struggling with. And I think for, from my perspective as well, like it's also the coping mechanisms of what you do when you don't feel that love for yourself. Like mine was alcohol, right? When I was drunk, <laughs> And it's even like drunk Becky, like people know there was drunk Becky and then there was other Becky because it had a whole little situ like personality of its own. But that was when I felt most free because all the inhibitions had gone. I could actually be myself. And so that became a, a coping mechanism that actually when I drink, I'm more me because I didn't have the confidence or the ability or the knowledge of how to allow that me to show up normally when I was trying to be good at work when I was trying to be a good friend when I was trying to be a good sister and a good daughter like that they were masks that I had to wear because I didn't know how I fit but drunk Becky was incredible <laughs> and so liberating so I feel there's a lot of coping mechanisms that come come attached to this right of how you can be more you and like appreciate you yeah I think it's also the you know the pressure that we put on ourselves that we we need to show up in a certain way in certain situations, but that pressure is all us, right? No one, no one cares what you know you say in most situations. No one cares how you show up because they're so focused on what's going on with them, right? So it's kind of like this this pressure that we're creating on ourselves to be a certain way is just all us. So when we could sort of again connect to that and trust that we are who we are and we are enough in any situation and just being us is enough then you know I think that's it starts to build that sense of confidence yeah I think there's like a real thread here of like listening to it so much of when we're talking about like the self-acceptance so much of the resistance is often based on how we think others will perceive us and so we are basing our level of of acceptance based on our perception of others perception if that makes sense so it feels like there's so much that is actually when we're thinking about self-acceptance we're not even really that focused on the self we're way more focused actually on everybody else and what they're doing as opposed to actually coming back home and going let's really think about who am I is this good enough for me is this how I want to be in the world? And that's where I think the comparison thing as well, like I, I still experience comparisonism a lot, particularly in business. It's something that often I can slip into it without even realizing. Then I go, oh, why do I feel like suddenly like I'm not good enough anymore? Because I've been looking at someone else. That's why. So for me, it's often when our perception shifts away from the self and away from like our own internal measure of whether we feel like we're living the life we're meant to live or whatever or you know expressing ourselves or however you personally want to judge that it's when we start to, to look elsewhere that the the issues come in and I wanted to bring this conversation around to pretty much talking about like the physical appearance how we actually see ourselves as the body that we are in and how we can almost accept that in a sense because I think often the way we think about our body can be reflections of the way that we think about ourselves as a whole human and again when you were saying about um you grew up with your dad constantly judging the bodies of women I hadn't really thought about it and I love my mum to pieces but my mum does this all the time like there is and it's part of I think that the generation that she was in it was very much let's judge people on their appearance and so again I think without really realizing it you receive that conditioning a lot of the time of this is important how you look says everything that there is to know about you um so yeah I mean with the sort of the I almost want to say we've talked about rituals like I'm enough I accept myself but I suppose is there anything that you think people could do if they wanted to start to examine their relationship with their body with their physical appearance what what are some of the things that they could do to maybe start investigating that relationship 
Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is a long journey of accepting how we are physically. Um, something that I have worked on for many, many years, being able to look in the mirror without that sense of dread and putting on clothes um, that feel a little bit tight. And then you go into that overdrive of self-loathing that then consumes you and how you show up in every in every part of your day and what I've done to sort of make peace with that is to use affirmations um sort of you know I'm you know I accept myself I am enough I'm healthy I'm you know I'm good enough um and also just like approaching it with a bit more nurturing um with our body you know our body does so much for us we're so mean to it, but you know, our, our wonderful heart that beats, our lungs for breathing, you know, our legs that allow us to go and walk. So it's coming back again to this, this gratitude piece that even if you're not where you want to be physically, if you can approach it with more love and nurturing and compassion, then that's going to start to open yourself up to be kinder to your body. Because when when we're when we're mean to ourselves, when we say I'm fat, or we don't, that sense that when we look in the mirror, our, our body is panicking. Our body goes into that as a threat, you know? So it's, and that then if we're eating, we don't digest our food properly because of that perceived threat. So it's it's trying to approach our physical body with love and compassion, but also looking at what we're eating as a way of nourishment. And, you know, we're fueling our body with energy and like, so just trying to, yes, it's, we all love you know, a bag of chips or a pizza or downing a bottle of red wine, but it's kind of like allowing that that's okay. I accept that I've had all of those little treats and I've enjoyed it. So that sense of I'm enjoying this food. I'm going to let myself eat it because you know what? I'm going to do something nurturing for my body. I'm going to go back to eating, you know, lovely, delicious meals. So it, it's also I try and look at food as a way for nourishment and health and how can we live longer? How can we fuel our brain with foods that can help us make better decisions? So it's, yeah, reframing our belief of, of food and what it does for us and the the nurturing, I think, um, and, the, you know, the, the talking to ourselves like we would do a small child, I think, has really helped me and and the clients that I've worked with um, overcome this sort of the self-loathing of when we look in the mirror yeah I feel like this is therapy for me <laughs> I feel like that um, we spoke a little bit about it offline didn't we that you can be a very confident person but there can be certain areas of your life that aren't as confident and I feel like I've got so many examples from my past where my confidence was around my physical image and I, I just got a little triggering moment there. Where I remember at school, I used to be really pale. I didn't really play outside a lot. So I had, I had like really like milk bottle, like British skin. And I remember a PE teacher once said, Becky, like you're so white. You're like making, like I've got glare from your skin <laughs> on like this netball day. And so guess what? In my what? 20s, I found orange fake tan. So there's a lot of Facebook photos of me bright orange from this lack of confidence because that moment when I was like year seven was like a teacher's telling me I'm too pale. And all of these things create your way of being, right? And even now, you know, I still I still use fake tan. It's still a thing. I haven't, not, not so much in the summer. That's why I'm a sun baby, right? I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be out in the sun because I've got this, this relationship with how I'm perceived based on my skin shade. And I'm sure, does that come up a lot with your clients? Like, do you see a lot of like these old triggering stories that really shape how they see themselves now? Even though on a spiritual level, like I'm so much deeper into my, myself that I have this belief that I am not my body I'm so connected to my soul yet I use fake tan <laughs> right it's really interesting isn't it yeah it's amazing how that one little comment that there's in that then is endorsed by someone else and someone else and then you know it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you know it even for me you know that 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 remember that re that reminder of you know my dad's saying that I was big and I was a bigger child I was and then my mum would say but no she's just athletic she's just big boned and then this you know 
at sports day I was always like I my um my sports kit was all, always slightly too tight and my thighs used to rub together and that then you know every time I went on holiday I'd panic about shorts like shorts for me is like a fear of god until you know probably five or six years ago I could start to wear shorts with confidence but even you know the slightest thing the slightest comment um, brings you right back to where you were again. So it's, you know, even now I've done the years and years of work about accepting my body. The mo Like even yesterday, I felt my leggings felt a bit tighter than normal. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it's like, you know, so it's amazing that, you know, you've, that's why we are always this continual work in progress, right? So a lot of people think, you know, if I, if I go on this two-week retreat, I'm going to be cured, but you're not. It's kind of like these little things are going to crop up when you are not feeling in your, you know, in your best. But it's kind of like, okay, you know what? I'm feeling a little bit tight in my leggings. That's okay. It'll pass. Like this too shall pass is like one of my little, lovely little nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> and this is temporary, you know, this feeling of loathing yeah. and, I mean, you know, giving ourselves... cycles, right? Our weight actually fluctuates on the daily, like, like in a month. Right. Yeah. And that's what also, I, you know, I was, I've, I've just come off my, um, you know, finished my cycle, my period. But I, I was like, yeah, it's okay. You just feel a little bit bloated. Just, it's, you know, just that again, like having that little coach inside your own head to just, you know, to say it's okay. It's all right. You know, we're still okay. Oh, God, you know, it's funny. I can feel within me this like slowly building sense of rage <laughs> because like, why have we lived in a culture that is just so obsessed with women's bodies? Like, if you think, because I feel like so much of the way that we feel has been, it's been external messages, 100%, right? Like, it's external messages. And I think particularly, if I think about like 90s, noughties culture, <laughs> and the way that women have been treated in the press and continue to be treated, but I personally feel like we see a lot more self-acceptance in the mainstream now. But I think for women of a certain age that grew up surrounded by so much obsession with, I remember when it was like the size zero thing. And that was like during my impressionable years where my body was changing and suddenly it was size zero is the thing you have to be. And then it was like, oh, now they're like the big ass is coming to, to fashion. And it's this constant like changing of, of standards that we then have to try and fit to make ourselves feel okay. And what I think like, for me, I didn't realize it for so long. I didn't realize actually the scenario that I had grown up in, because for me, that's all I knew. So it was normal, like, yeah. But then when you start to go on these journeys and you realize like, can you all just like stop obsessing over what body shape I am? Because even like, it's interesting listening to you, Hannah, say, you know, oh, they feel a bit tight, but it's okay. But it's it's like the fact we have to coach ourselves is ridiculous because it's like, so what if they're tight? Who gives yeah. a crap? <laughs> like, yeah, my leggings are tight. Deal with it, babe. Like, yeah. it's so funny and it's so annoying that we have to, we have to do the work because of other people's shit. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just here like, God, damn it can we all stop obsessing over women's bodies please like not not us because we need to obviously it shows up in so many ways it's more like external culture it's the yeah. patriarchy can you just leave us alone to be whatever shape we are like for goodness sake <laughs> yeah but to be fair as well like it is like men as well right the the muscles like the the particular like i feel like it is just there's so much attachment to body and i do feel like i I'm really curious around like surgical enhancements and like Botox because like on one level I kind of think if I am not my body do what you want with your body right if we are more than this physical thing and like as some people say this is just bags of skin <laughs> however great that sounds do what you want with it right if you want to change your nose change your nose do you want to put all this stuff in your face go ahead and on the other sense it's like but are people's intentions for that because of the not enoughness are they actually doing it playfully because they think you know what i'm gonna get covered in tattoos because why not yolo or my skin color's too white and i need to cover up my skin and so i find it really interesting of like people's intentions behind the enhancements and the procedures of is it from self-acceptance and playfulness 
or is it a fix and trying to look for something externally and it's none of my business really but I find it really interesting like as an observer Mm. yeah I mean I think it's definitely the latter that we're doing it because we we want to try and fit in or we want to try and look a certain way and if we get you know I've gone through Botox I've gone through hair extensions I've gone every single diet on, on you know on the sun that I've been through and also eating disorders and and it's kind of like we feel like if we get like if I always thought if I get to a size 10 I'll be happy Of course I wasn't happy. I got to a size 10 because I had to eat steamed broccoli and raw, not raw, it's not raw. It was, I used to buy the turkey breast from Marks and Spencers because turkey was the leanest meat and boiled broccoli. That is what I would eat. And of course I shrunk down, but I was miserable because I couldn't eat anything. And then I'd have the fear of God in me that every time it came around to Christmas or a party or any time that I was going to put on that weight, I go right back round again. So it's kind of like, yeah, like going back to your original thing about, you know, the society expectation of why we want to change. I think it's coming from a lack of not being enough. And, you know, it's... It's it's sad that we put ourselves through that um, because even if you get everything that you possibly can, you throw a fortune at yourself, you're probably still going to want something else in order to f- get that fix of okay, I'll, I'll be I'll be I can accept myself now. Mm, yeah, and I think particularly the time of year that this episode is coming out, January, we've just had Christmas, and I've, I've also I feel like I've got to say this, I have. One of those bodies that I have never struggled with my weight. I've always been very fortunate in that. So with this conversation, part of me is like, I actually feel like I do have a sense of privilege in that I would say I'm typically the shape that society accepts. So I took like me getting on my soapbox is like, ah, but at the same time, I know I don't understand that on a real personal level because I've never really experienced it. And I really noticed it actually with me and my husband because he is somebody who he will say he sniffs food and he puts on weight. So he has to work really, really hard to remain a certain weight. And I know he has, (laughs) I speak on his behalf here, uh, but I know he has a bit of a relationship with food, with body image and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's almost interesting, an interesting question that maybe people at this time of year, that maybe every time January comes around, they think, okay, what diet am I going to get? How am I going to change it? How am I going to shift the weight? Maybe there's something here, even with the work that you do, Hannah, about actually, instead of putting all this energy and effort on your food that you're eating, actually, can you, you start to maybe address some of the root causes about the mindset? So it's, it's such a a tricky issue. And I just think it's maybe quite timely for people right now. Um, so is there is there certain things that you certain questions that people could ask or a certain level of self inquiry maybe to start to get to the root of some of these issues that you know I'm thinking of someone listening right now that's going oh my god yes this is so me this is so me oh I've never really thought about this before is there some questions they can take to the journal to start to reflect on that you would maybe suggest or some things that they can start to to think about if they wanted to try a different approach. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, you know, the reason why I'm I'm talking about doing my body, next body acceptance workshop is around about that mid to late third week of January time is because there's actually Strava data that comes from the gyms is that, every, that there's this massive spike come 1st of January and about third week of Janet completely drops off because people have set high expectations that they want to lose, you know, two kilos this year and that they go into the, they go into the gym and they they think they've got to spend hours there and then of course they get tired because we're already busy we've got so much going on and it drops off but it also they're, they're also coming at a place of not really knowing why they want to lose this weight and how losing this weight is going to make them feel so I think it's you know if you're not if you are thinking about going on a diet or you are already on a diet because we're you know in January that then you know how do you want to feel by losing this weight? Is there a reason, you know, what's the bigger pull? And what do you think is still standing in your way of living this this life where you're, you know, at a place of accepting your body? Um, because if we can connect to the feeling of, of how, of, you know, how we want to feel, then that's going to, A, it's going to give us more confidence in order to connect to that feeling. But it's also like, 
asking the question first and foremost as to why you want to go on this diet. Yeah, I think that's a, a really beautiful reflection, isn't it? And I feel like also it applies beyond weight as well. I, I, I think there's like the age, the aging woman. And I don't know if anyone's been following like the Sarah Jessica Parker discussions, you know, where she's chosen to age gracefully and then she got criticized that she looked too old for to be on screen. <laughs> and it's, it's the same conversation, like Becky said, of like just more judgment on how someone looks and what the shoulds are and what's acceptable. And I feel like it does, I feel like these conversations as well, like really do apply for business owners who are more visible, right? And I support a lot of um, business owners around their business <laughs> and visibility comes up. And for a lot of people with the visibility fears is to do with how they perceive themselves physically. And it's not always weight, it can be all these different things. But I feel like that acceptance is a really important, you know, part of the process so that you can just show up as your authentic self. Because I think there is this kind of myth or assumption that the prettier and the younger you are, the more successful you are on social media and business. You know, there might be that, oh, she's doing well because look, she's just naturally beautiful and she's gorgeous, you know, and then I'm not. So then, you know, and all of those stories. Do you see that correlation with people in their careers of how they perceive yeah, themselves? Yeah, I think it's, you know, you can tell when I when someone's being really authentic and when someone's being really true to themselves. There's, there's that, I think, you, I, I don't know, there's just something that we can sense that, you know, because I think we, we migrate to someone who is just being, this is me and this is who I am and I'm I'm here. Um, so I think it's also a sense of like a reminder of the fact that we worry so much about what other people think. We worry about whether people like us. And I think there's a sense of wanting to, to control everything, that if we look a certain way, if we say certain things, then that means we're going to get more likes or that means we're going to get more business. But ultimately you know everyone's more focused on what they're doing first and foremost but if you can sort of come back to this sense of just trusting that you are enough as hard as that can be because you know if you if you don't accept what you look like or you think that you you know you need to dye your hair or I think there's this this sense of that the only person that really cares is you and just reminding it ourselves of that yeah, and you know, I think what I'd also add is find yourself a community that will reinforce it for you because it is, it's easier to root for yourself when you have others rooting for you as well. Sometimes we can sit there and be like, I'm enough, I'm enough, I, I don't need to dye my hair, I don't need to do this. And yet it can be hard to hear. Whereas actually, I think when you have others that are like, no, we've got your back, you are beautiful, you absolutely can do that. I think that's like a really important thing to do. And also, again, I kind of, share this like I said from a somewhat privileged position in my relationship to my body but I imagine because it's what I do with business I'd imagine almost like look at what you're looking at almost are you just following people that only look a certain way are you just actually only feeding yourself a diet visually of people that have perfection are you following people that are body positive are you following people that show up without makeup without filters are you like what are you actually what's the message you're sending to yourself by the people that you choose to follow I think that's probably something that you know we could probably all be a little bit more mindful of in, in all aspects but particularly the uh, the visual one and also I, I also feel like I have to say I do actually think there is a pretty pri pretty privilege that exists in business, particularly on social media. And I do think that is one of the things that we don't really talk about so much because then it's like, so are we calling other people ugly and, other, and certain people not ugly? But I do think generally speaking, if you do look a certain way, it is easier because you're unlikely to get as much hate. And I speak about this from a perspective of, I'm sure those that are non-white have a lot more to deal with in terms of the generational trauma that they've experienced, the, the their lived experience as well, that actually sometimes it really doesn't feel safe to show up as they are in their body because there are very different circumstances and realities where it hasn't been. So it's it's finding 
I guess there's almost a sense of like accepting what your situation is within it. What are you having to, like what's the whole mountain that you're having to climb here? Because we don't all have the same mountains. We don't have, all have the same levels of resistance because of the bodies that we were born into. So almost like don't compare yourself to somebody who is, you know, because I can sit here and say, I don't show up without filters. I haven't used filters on Instagram for years. I show up without makeup. But then I would argue it's accepted. The way I look is generally accepted by people. I'm not, don't really have anyone messaging me going, oh, you're ugly. Oh, put some makeup on. That That's not a conversation that I've ever been exposed to. So it's a lot easier for me. So I guess it's just like within it, whatever circumstance you're in, honor your own circumstance and don't try and compare it to anybody else's journey or think, well, look, she's just doing it. She's just showing up. Like we all have different battles. We'll have different demons that we are... Um, yeah fighting against and putting yourself in a community where you can see those different perspectives and actually realize you're not alone in in it anyway because even though our all our demons might be different the way that they make us feel I tend to think are the same Mm. yeah I mean I think that's a really good point about you know surrounding ourselves with people and uh, in you know accounts that that support us and helping us feel good because we can go into that sabotage mode of going and looking at you know influencers or you know people leaving these amazing lives but ultimately we're just seeing that one little fraction of that person's life you know we don't know all the other shit that's going on so it's it's kind of like having some responsibility that if you are triggered by something that sends you on a spiral how can you take a bit of ownership of that and be like, you know what? I'm not going to follow that person. I'm going to follow these people because they really inspire me. They support me. Like, you know, all of the wonderful women in the pod, like I feel like they're all of our little cheerleaders and they, you know, we're so like created this lovely family and community within that, that they make me feel good. So I, you know, that, that then helps me feel good in what I do. So it's kind of like, having a little bit of a scan over what is pushing your buttons and how can you start to do something to change that to support you in a better way yeah and I think something for me because like I say I feel very entangled with body image and I think something that really supports me is like the zoomed out approach of there is going to like even now if I look back on my Facebook you know you get the lovely reminders of Facebook and I'm like how I felt about myself then is now crazy to me. Look how gorgeous I am. Look how youthful I am. Look how beautiful I am. Even though I was full of doubts and fears and all these things, like I can, I appreciate the physical sense of myself as well as the true essence of me. And I feel like, you know, my nan's in her nineties now and she's always like, oh, you know, really appreciate, you know, your health and, you know, your body as it is, because one day you are going to be old, hopefully you know, we can only pray that we are old and we get to live a full life. And so that, that perspective really helps me of like deepening being like, I am not, I'm not my body. I can honor my body. As you said, Hannah, for like all the incredible things it does. My mum's had some serious health issues this year, things that you just take for granted. So it really like opened my eyes. I've been like, I don't appreciate how easy it is for me to breathe you know, until you're reminded that actually it can be a struggle and you can really be challenged to breathe life. And so I feel like this really, this like deepening, isn't it? And this, for me, I think this is what you're sharing as well, is what self-love and self-acceptance is. It's not being wedded to the stories and the conditions that we grew up in and the societal expectations, which change every year anyway. You know, everyone's got rid of their, was it, Becky's a big asses, <laughs> their BBLs. And now it's, you know, going back to, you know, being skinny minis, whatever that is, you know. So I think it's always changing. So it is kind of having this, this coming back home feeling, isn't it, of accepting this is me. But also this physical Becky, this physical ass is going to change anyway. It's mm. always changing. I was going to say decaying. <laughs> I mean, it is though, right? The reality of it is. And you know, when you said earlier, like, oh, she's chosen to age gracefully, uh, Sarah Sarah Jessica Parker. I was like, I want to age disgracefully. That's how I want to age. Like, what does that mean, Becky? (laughs) That's the energy that I've got in me is like, I will not obey the rules. Uh, And it's funny, I recently listened to like a whole podcast series um, about, it's called Witch. 
and it's all about the history of the witch and everything like that the witch trials it's incredible it's a bbc sounds one it's on spotify highly recommend it um but one of the things they talk about is the idea of the hag and actually the way that the hag became representative of essentially society's fear of old women like they were just such a threat that that we had to demonize them we had to like call them the old weird woman in the woods the hag and i think there's also a book they recommended called haggitude which was like about embracing that <laughs> and I, i'm i'm like so here for all of that messaging of like actually let's embrace like of course when i'm gonna be like you know these the patriarchal society is going to be terrified of older women. Because if you think about all of us and how much <laughs> knowledge and wisdom we could bring to future generations to reclaim, of course they're going to be threatened. So I think there's like a whole, it's definitely, there's definitely like a little fear something in me that it's like, yeah. <laughs> It's the next membership, right? The yeah. hack community. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's the thing is, I imagine it's going to happen naturally for all of us as we continue to, to age. Because... I think if you look within the um, the business community online, as you age, different things will confront us because for, for whatever reason, and I can only think of myself as like heading into my mid-30s, as I continue on that journey, I'm sure there's going to be moments where I'm like, oh God, yeah, like the wrinkles are coming in. How am I going to deal with this? Like, oh, going, starting to get to like the, the menopausal age and stuff. How, what's that going to do to my business? So I've no doubt that what what we do and the topics that we'll talk about are going to continue to um, evolve as we go. And I think it's probably important to acknowledge that you will change, like your body will change, the way you will look changes. Um so yeah, I mean, I don't really have any neat conclusion to say on that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a, it's just a fact. Our body's going to change, whatever the situation, whatever you're going through. Your body's always evolving, and it just reminded me that even yesterday I got some wine and I got ID'd. One, well, no, I was annoyed because she was about to not serve me wine. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm 36, my love. <laughs> but even that, there was a little bit of like she thinks i'm is it under 25 these days i will never know she think thinks so. i look under 25 i thought it was 18 bit... <laughs> no. i think it's like, i think 25 now isn't it if you challenge think 25 and look... um, so then there was this, like ego where i came home like because i uh, i don't drive so i don't have like a driving license i was like she's not going to serve me because i can't prove my age but i had something <laughs> with my age and i was like there's a part of me that is so happy because she thinks i look young and it's just that right it's still that that conditioning of I am 36, <laughs> forget my age, I am 36 and it's almost been like this, the wisdom that that brings, right? I've got so many, you know, do they say like the laughter lines are from all my laughs, like I'm I'm grateful, you know, for that. I don't want to cover up with Botox, like yeah. I smile a lot, I laugh a lot and it's like finding that gratitude that like you said, Hannah, isn't it, of like, this is me in the now and I'm going to love her as she is however challenging that is <laughs> because of the past and I think it is like the the narrative is because it's funny as you're talking about it I tend to get fairly annoyed when well part of me gets annoyed when people think I'm young because it feels like they don't take me seriously because you just look like a young a young girl and the thing I mean I don't help myself I do dress I dress the same as when I was like an 18 year old student a lot of the time um and I worked in an industry that was basically you didn't see sunlight so I've been blessed with with skin so far because I didn't have any sun exposure to damage it um but there's part of me that's like almost resents the youngness because I want to be taken seriously and then it's like oh only women that look older are taken seriously but then that's such a fine line because then you're too old and suddenly it's like oh she's she's now just a crazy old woman <laughs> it's just you can never win age I am not my age I am not my numbers true <laughs> and also today's the youngest we will ever be I'm 43, ladies, so oh. suck it up. I was going to then say something about, see, you're so like, I was about to say, you look great. For, you look amazing. You don't look 40, like, what does 43 look like? It's yeah. just so conditioned in our brain, isn't it? To be like, you look great for your age. Like, yeah. what does that even mean? Mm. To be fair, that's one of the things I think I love about the pod as well is that we do have an age range. Um, we have a lady who's like early 20s and then... I mean, I don't, again, I feel funny about like naming people's ages. Like it's, it says so, like it means something about them. But we have such a like 
a breadth of experiences, I suppose, that it, it enables to get multiple perspectives. And again, I think just even bringing this conversation up and really just showing that it is something that is present with us so much of the time, even if we don't consciously realize it, actually so many of these narratives about how we look, how we're perceived, can run our lives if we're not careful about it. So to sort of bring this to a, a sense of completion, what I'd love to know, Hannah, if, if somebody, again, has listened to this episode and they're like, right, that's it, I want to do something about it. Firstly, I'm going to say they should come and follow you. They should definitely check out your workshop. I'm going to say Thanks, those okay. bits for you. We'll make sure <laughs> the details are linked below this episode. Um, but is there just something that you would recommend and you may have already shared it with us but just to kind of put a little bow on it if you like what do you think what would you recommend somebody start to do or to think about if they want to really move into a, an area of self-acceptance I think a big thing for me and a lot of the women that I've worked with is this sense of we think we should be at a certain point in our life by now and we should have achieved this and we should have that and there's this feeling of I don't have that so I feel I feel stuck and this feeling of of stuck is is sort of the way that you can sort of try to support yourself in that is to trust that you are meant to be in this moment to trust that you are learning something new or you're you're becoming more resilient in what you're going through because when we are in this sense of heaviness or we feel like we want to change something if you can just be in the moment and this present moment here right now is is kind of the only moment that we have any little bit of control over so it's it's you know if you are if you are struggling at the moment just take each day as it comes just just trust that you are meant to be in this moment and just to try and let go a little bit as well try and let go of the control and you know you're just a you know a reminder that whatever you're going through is temporary um so you know ultimately you know if you want to sort of try and sort of cultivate this just accepting who you are um you know just asking yourself the question you know what do i need today how can i support myself today how do I want to feel today? Because we're so detached from this feeling because we're running each day from autopilot, eat, sleep, you know, repeat, that we're, you know, from our subconscious minds. So if you can come into taking a deep breath, how am I today? How can I support myself today? What's going to make me feel good today? And then starting to bring more elements of that, you know, just connecting to this sense of joy and flow. What, what do I, what, what can I do that's going to make me feel good? Um, I think so just a little bit of self-coaching I find always is is quite it's quite good to sort of help us support ourselves that's the true self-care right like you know people say oh it's not just bubble baths it's really like choosing in what do I need it might be a bubble bath that might be the thing that you need in terms of like rebounding and connection with the self and relaxing but yeah the true self-care like you said is tuning in and asking honestly how am I what do I need on that yeah. deeper level. Yeah. Even just like, how am I today? You know, and, and if you are waking up and you're feeling really heavy and you're feeling like, how am I going to get through another day? It's like, okay, what do I need in this moment? How can I support myself? Maybe it is just getting outside, you know, going for a walk. Maybe it is going to have a bath or going and, you know, doing anything that you know is going to give yourself the support and nurturing that you need in this moment of heaviness. Mm. And actually, I know I said that was the final question, but actually I want to tag on a follow-up to that, which is kind of to both of you, really. Because as you were saying, like, what do I need in this moment? I can imagine myself, not in that specific scenario, but sometimes what I'll go to is a coping mechanism, which although will make me feel okay in that moment, will actually not help me. Like, it might be satiating Becky in this very moment, but Becky, the hour after it, is going to regret it. So I guess just is there anything that you can add on as just a bit of nuance around what do I need in, my, in this moment and how can people maybe identify whether it is playing into a coping mechanism versus playing into something that is truly nurturing and is there a mm. difference? Yeah, no, I mean, I think there is a big difference with it's that sort of if you are feeling really heavy, you know, that self-sabotage of going and stuffing your face which, you know, I would often do if I felt rejected. Um, 
and then that made me feel even worse. So it, it's kind of like, you know, a two-pronged part. You either indulge in that and you go and stuff your face and then the, rather than giving yourself a hard time, you're like, you know what? I really needed to do that and I feel fucking great now. Uh, and trying to let let that go because I know that now I'm going to start to nurture myself. Or it's like asking yourself the question again, is that really, really what I need now? Do I really want to go and stuff my face? But then also connecting to if you are in that repeating that rabbit wheel of rabbit wheel hamster wheel of that self-sabotage it comes up whenever I feel this way I go and do that reminding yourself of how I felt after I did that after you know you felt really shit you felt like you you really damaged your body you felt like you know so it's kind of like again connecting to that feeling um and you know just trying to sort of ask yourself the question but sometimes we just need to go and stuff our face and that's totally okay let it go it's gone you know focused on what's next because we spend so much time you know regret and analyzing and i should have done this i should have done that it's gone let it go focus on what you can do right now that's the most important thing yeah i love that and i definitely agree i feel like in the present moment when you have the self-awareness you know what is a higher choice you know if it, whether it's Let's say procrastination is a big one for me, right? If in the moment I'm like, what do I need? Maybe I need TV. I can even feel like something in my body just like sunk. I could feel it because I know that is a coping mechanism. That's an avoidance. Whereas everybody's like, okay, what do I really need? I'm going to go for a walk first. I'm going to move my energy. I'm going to, and they tend to be, I don't know about you, Hannah, but the things that I truly need are the easeful things. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go do a tapping. I'm going to go move my body. You know what? I'm just going to do a five minute yoga practice just to connect and be present. They're the things we need. And when we're aware of what the coping mechanisms are, and they tend to be the the automatic habits, when we have the, the gift of presence in the moment, the awareness, that's when you can break the pattern through the conscious choice. And of course, I know we both believe as well, Hannah, about like healing the roots as well. Like what's creating the need for that coping mechanism, but there's power in the present as well to make new conscious choices. And you feel it in your body, whether it's an expansive thing or whether like I genuinely felt it then this I had this sinking feeling in my stomach being like, oh no, I'm just going to sit in front of the TV. But in an hour's time, I'm still going to have the same question of like, what do I need now? TV, mm. where do you do the damn thing? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, awareness is such a big thing. We cannot ch- we cannot change what we're not aware of, but that does take practice. But a quick way to bring yourself into the into the present is just to take a deep breath, to come to come back into your body, and and sometimes yeah, we do need to go and watch an hour of TV because. But then you'll be like, okay, I've I've indulged in that now. I've listened, and now I'm going to go and do something that's going to give me a little bit more support. Mm, I think there's like there's a whole conversation which we've not touched on, which we can do in a future episode. But I think there's like, in my head, there's just a whole thing about actually, if you're going to do the thing, do the thing, but don't shame yourself for it, right? It's like, it's when shame enters the conversation that it turns that act of indulgence into an act of actually like, of self-hatred because the shame that's attached to it. Um, but like, yeah, that's getting into shame stories is a whole <laughs> other thing. Um, and we've had those such... in the pod, haven't we? The shame we circles, have. which have been really powerful where people can just turn up, be themselves and just admit to behavior and say, this is how I've been feeling. And it's what well, it should be an unshaming circle. It We're is, not going to be like, is, I shame you. I was going to say, it is an unshaming circle. Shame, shame, shame. Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> we should have unshamed, unshamed. <laughs> I think we need another another round of um, unshaming yeah. session because yeah. that was that was brilliant that one that you did around um, shaming around money it was money stories absolutely well like I said it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on I think these conversations are so needed and often we can talk about like you know I can say sit here and say I don't really struggle with body image but actually all the things we've just talked about I can apply to other areas of my life where I'm maybe not accepting that aspect of myself. So like the relationship, maybe, I can't think of one right now. In my head, I'm just like, I'm amazing. Screw it, all the things otherwise. But (laughs) at other points, it's like, 
you know, or I, I could probably say my bank, my bank account, right? There's areas where I'm like, oh God, that feels touchy. And I don't, there's like an element of non-self-acceptance there around the person I am that's, that's made that a reality. So I, I just think there's so much within it that can be applied to so many different areas, um, which is why this is such an important topic for people um, to get involved with, with self-acceptance. What's your Instagram uh, handle, Hannah? Uh, it's at Hannah Holt Mindset. Amazing. And like I said, we'll link everything below as well. Um, but yeah, such such a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. It's been lovely being with you both. Thank you, Hannah. Much love. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. And if you're listening to this over on our Substack, we'd love for you to join the conversation and let us know your thoughts too. Likewise, if you actively want to explore what doing business differently looks like for you, then do be sure to check out the pod, which is our private community where we share a bunch of resources every month for you to play with as you define your way of doing things. Inside the pod, there's also a ton of live sessions held every month too. To check it out, just head to the show notes below where everything is linked for you to explore further. Thanks so much for listening. Speak soon. Lots of love. <laughs>